dive into the mind of Brett Boone as we turn to the baseball legend to find out what's happening in his life and around Major League Baseball. This is Turning Two with Booney. Here's your host, Rich Herrera. Happy Friday, everybody. It's time for Turning Two with Booney. We do this every Friday. I'm Rich Herrera, executive producer of the Boone Podcast, joined by the one and only Brett Boone. Booney, how are you? Rich, I'm doing well. Doing well. Good. Uh, as you can see, for those of you who watch us on YouTube or the clips, I'm actually in a different location this week. Booney, I'm on vacation in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, it's quite the role reversal, I would call it, Rich. And I see you're missing your headphones. Missing my headphones. Have the earbuds today because uh, I couldn't fit them in my suitcase because I, well, I brought so much crap with me. We can hear you okay. So for, okay. for, for well, those of you I, I don't have. I don't have the big, gigantic headphones like Brett Boone. Well, these are. Like <laughs> I'm landing there, or or I'm parking an airplane. Those right. guys, are, you know, with the please, with please the, put the, up your the, the, the mufflers, the mufflers. Please, please put up your please put up your uh, your tray tables. Brett Boone's about to land this plane. Yes, yes, yes. Would you sir. ever Would you ever want to be a pilot? Never, never. I'm fascinated with it. No, I, I have no desire, but I. I, I like watching the process. I think it's cool. There's a lot of uh, switches to flip when you're landing. Right. And I, I don't want to be. No, I, I, that's not a passion of mine. I, I've watched a lot. You know, I've been in the cockpit quite a bit, but uh, big planes, small planes. But no, no desire to fly. Uh, trust it to the people that go through the ritual and that the the, the uh, hours in the air and, and are passionate about what they do. And, right, so uh, if I could get you, if I could get you a seat with the Blue Angels, would you do it? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I had one actually in Seattle. The Blue Angels have a have a you know the, one of their one of their shows, their shows. every every right. year, and they came in. It was during baseball season, obviously in the summer, and they came in for a walkthrough through the Mariners clubhouse, and I got to meet right. all the Blue Angels, and I was kind of you know. I was being me, and I said, I looked at a couple of these pilots, and I was asking them, you know, asking questions like we all do about somebody else's occupation. And they were talking about people getting sick when they go up for the first time. And I looked, <laughs> I, I looked at the captain, and I said, "Listen, you couldn't get Boone sick." And he started laughing. He goes, "You want to fly with us?" I said, "Do I want to fly? Of course I do." He goes, "Okay, here's the deal. If you want to fly, we're going to meet tomorrow. You got to." Uh, you know, and he gave me where where to be at 7 a.m. And he, he said, we'll go flying. And I said, this is awesome. I'm excited about it. And uh, Mariners caught wind of it. No. Put, yeah, put the kibosh on it. Said, no, I'm not allowed to go go up flying with them. So why? I don't know. An insurance thing, something. They said I couldn't do it. And I probably could have. You know, I thought about it, and I said, "Well, I, I, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> if I go up there, you can't. You can't ride it. Well, you're playing. You can't. Well, see, well, well. Here's the, the well, no. The, here's the deal. Yeah, that's in the rules. I understand that you can't ride a skateboard. You can't do anything. That being said, what if I go skiing? What if I just can't? Oh, let me give you this. Let me give you the hypothetical. I go skiing. I'm coming off a great year. Okay. I've right. got a good contract, very fair in my eyes and in the club's eyes. I come off a great year, an all-star caliber year, 
and I go skiing all winter. Zero injuries. I come back to my team. with The contract we both agree is very fair. What are they going to do to me? They going to cut me? Absolutely not. No, they're not. Why? If I find out that you're skiing, I'm going to fine you. Why are they going to find me? Why are you going to piss me off? Because you might hurt I didn't do anything. Now, if you get hurt, they're going to take some money from you. Right. We know somebody and, and that's know and that's the re and that's the reason you don't that's the reason I didn't not ski as a player because it was the rules. I I not skied as a player because it was important to me to stay healthy so I could earn a living and have a career, not because right. the team told me not to. Well, so with a with a blue angel with a blue angel situation. I'm either coming back or I'm not. I'm not going to get hurt. You see what I'm saying? What, what I'm saying is, and you couldn't play that night. I'm the, that wouldn't happen. I would have. I have too much pride. If somebody told me not to do something, but I touched, for instance, don't touch the stove, Brett. If I touch the stove, it, when I was told not to, I'll be damned if I burn my finger. I'm going to complain about it. There's no way I'm not going to embarrass myself. So if I go up with the Blue Angels, get sick, the last thing on earth anyone's going to know is that I'm sick. I will be playing tonight. So, yeah, a fine could incur. You're right. But they're not going to fine you ridiculous amounts. It's how much do you you want to buck the system? We never do this, but Mike, can you, Mike, as our producer, mark this tape. And let's put hashtag Blue Angels because the Blue Angels come to San Diego every year, Mike. Can I have this tape? Because I'm going to tweet it out to the Blue Angels that Brett Boone doesn't think the Blue Angels could take him up and make him get sick. Challenge accepted by the Blue Angels, Brett Boone. I like it. I like it. And I All would right, have loved so- to do it. I, I, I just think those are those – are, I don't have a really a bucket list, per se, in my life, but I would like to do that. I think I have no desire to jump out of a plane, bungee jump, any of those nonsense – uh, activities, but I would love to go up in one of those plays. I think that would be a, uh, a lot. To, of the, to the commander of the Blue Angels, I am asking you, as a proud future Navy dad whose son wants to be an aviator, would you come to San Diego? Because, Brett, you see the Blue Angels flying over your house, don't you? I do. I do. My buddy, uh, Hoffy, Trevor, Trevor went up with him, I believe. Right. I, I, think, I've seen, I think I've seen pictures of it. Cool. Very cool. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I, I want to see Brett Boone in 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 the Blue Angels. In a Blue Angels in, in, in the backseat. So Commander Alexander Artemis, United States Navy flight leader, commanding officer of the Blue Angels. I'm begging you. I'm begging you, please take Brett Boone up when you come to Miramar. For the greatest air show on the West Coast. And I will be honored to accept that if I get invited. Commander, All right, what do we got? I'm what do we got you. today? <laughs> what do we got today, Rich? All right, well, what else do we talk about? We have a week left in the baseball season. Let's get to it. Wild card. Well, I think the, um, I don't. Two different scenarios, both leagues. AL, it's pretty simple. Okay, let's. AL, AL is very simple. 
there's nobody really in the race. I'm looking at the wild card here in the uh, Boston and, and and the Yankees are the first two spots outside of the wild card right now. That's not going to happen. So no, well, here, it's really it's really not a race. It's Tampa Bay, it's Toronto, it's Seattle, and it's Texas. Okay, there's four teams right there. There's three spots. There's three right, spots so there's four for those four teams. teams. And right now, Seattle and Texas are tied for the third wild card spot. And I think in a tiebreaker, it goes to Seattle if the season ended today. So Texas would be out as of today. So if Texas, to, we, so, hold on a second. You're, you're confusing me here. So right now, let's just make sure everybody understands. Baltimore's in. They've won the East. Minnesota's in. They're going to win the Central. Uh, Tampa Bay is in. They're going to be the wild card. They're going to be the top wild card. They're going to host a game. For the wild card. Minnesota's going to host a game for the wild card. So the question is, do I have Toronto making it out of the East, or do I have three American League West teams? Right now, Houston, as we record this, Houston's a game up on Seattle and Texas, I believe. But it'll go back and forth by the time the weekend's over. So break, break this all down for us. No, no. It's not even a game. It's Houston's leading the division. Okay. Right. Texas and Seattle are tied for second place in the American yes. League in the American League West. West. They're point they're half a game out. Correct. And then you've got Toronto who's a game ahead of uh, a half a game ahead of Houston and a game ahead of uh of Seattle and Texas. So okay. it's basically the American League West, Seattle, Texas, uh Houston and now we go over to the East with Toronto as that fourth team. Let's just assume right now, Baltimore's in, okay? No, Minnesota, no they've already won. They're in. Minnesota's in. Minnesota's and ta- in. And Tampa Bay is in. So there's Correct. three spots available. One to win the division and two wild card spots available. There's four teams that are realistically vying for those spots. That's Toronto, Seattle, Houston. Right. And Texas. So that's that. That's why the American League is so interesting to me, Rich, is because this year, those are four teams that I think could go deep into the postseason. But one of them is not even going to have a seat at the table. Okay, moving over to the to the National no, League. No, no, stay, Did, let's stay in the National League. Hold on, stay in the American League. No, stay in the American League. Stay what? in the American League. This is most fascinating. So Wayne Herzog wrote a book years ago called You're Missing a Great Game. And in the book he mentioned that – in baseball, I lose more than I win, meaning that I put pressure on that other team. So I, you know, we always talk about put the ball in play, put the ball in play. When I put the ball in play, I force you to make a defensive play. I force you to do something. Chances are you're going to get it done, but chances are you're also going to not get to a ball, and I'm going to get a base hit. So if I put pressure on you, there's a chance. Maybe I'm not going to beat you over the head the way I do in football. But there's a chance where you're going to make an error. You're going to misplay a ball. You're not going to get the ball. Maybe you should have. And you're going to lose a game. So at this point right now, I've got 14. I've got three teams vying. I've got four teams, excuse me, vying for three spots. Which is more likely to happen? That you're going to win this division or someone's going to lose it? Well, well, glad you asked, Rich. No. Uh, it, it sets up for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they play their final 10 games, and I believe starting tomorrow, are four with Texas, three with Houston, and the last three games of the season with Texas. So Mariners play Texas, Houston, Texas to finish. You couldn't really have, as a player, that's the scenario I want. I control my own destiny. 
if I kick butt in these last the last 10 games of the season, not only am I in the playoffs, but I'm going to win the division, which is going to get me a bye. Um, so it, it, it's about it, it's set up about as as cool from a fan's perspective as possible, because these guys are playing each other down the stretch. It's not like Texas, Seattle and Houston are off playing uh, Kansas City, Detroit and the White Sox. They're they're battling out m- amongst one another. So I think the true winner is going to come out of that division, a, a team that really earned it. And then you, you look at Toronto. I don't know. It, it's so interesting because Toronto's a very formidable team. They can really pitch. Every, they're right. known for their offense, and they've been down a little bit offensively this year. Uh, but they can really pitch. So for them not to make it, wow, it's 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 interesting because all four of these teams I could see representing the American League uh, and winning the pennant, but one of them's not even going to get to the playoffs. That's why I was talking about the National League is so much different this year. It, it's basically – the Let's Atlanta. Over to the National League. I want to stay in the American League because I have another well, question. Well, I mean, the American League. There's the intrigue. There's the there's right. the setup. Okay. Four teams, three spots, and, and four quality teams. I mean, good teams. Right. All four of these teams, like I said, I could see representing the AL. And there's only room for three of them. Okay. So my question is, my question is, um, there's an old saying: pressure is a privilege. People that don't win anything never have any pressure on them. So talk to me about the pressure inside those clubhouses because it is a privilege, but it can also overwhelm you. And we've seen people where they couldn't stand that pressure. So talk to me about what's going on right now in those clubhouses, knowing I've got 10 days, seven days, five days, three days. It's going to come down to game 162 on October 1st, maybe for a do or die situation. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What's going on in the players' heads? Well, the, yeah. these, this this is the time of year where you're you're grateful that you're in this position. Um, yeah, I think the ultimate situation is is to be like the the Atlanta Braves. Pressure's over. You've already had a mini celebration for for uh, clinching a playoff berth, and, and that's great. Uh, so you're just kind of coasting at this point. You're making your postseason. You can buy the postseason tickets for your cousins and your uncle because you're officially in. These guys on the other side of the coin, they don't know if they're in yet. They think they've got a good chance. They know that, but they still got to finish. They got to finish the season strong. It's a cool time of year. It's a playoff atmosphere before the playoffs even start. Uh Anybody that's got the, the that you know that September where oh you know it's the six months of the season it's the dog days of the of the season the dog days are no more for these guys I mean it, now the adrenaline is in overdrive and they've got more energy than they had on opening day for these last ten days especially in these cities I mean it's going to be a playoff atmosphere it's going to be packed houses and every night's going to be a big game every win is huge right now I was looking at the Mariners. They just went before this this finish they have set up. They played three with Oakland, and I did a, a show in Seattle, and the question was, well, what about the Oakland series? I said, 
this is also a part of the season where you've got to take advantage of the of the doormats of the league. Oakland is, I don't mean to be disrespectful, they're the doormat of the American League this year. You, them you in Kansas. Them in Kansas City. When you get an opportunity as a as a playoff caliber team, you can't take these these last place teams for granted because the only thing they've got left in their season, the only reason they get up in the morning and go to the ballpark is to spoil your playoff run. And to Seattle's credit, they just went in, swept swept Oakland like they're supposed to. Now it starts. Now the real playoff starts and the and the final kick begins. Because if you don't win those games, then you really aren't a playoff team because that's one of the measures of a playoff team is do you get up for the Yankees and the Notre Dames of the world, or do you get up for every game because you're that guy that everybody has on their has on their calendar circle? Exactly, exactly, and uh, I think that's that's the thing we get into in in professional sports is you do take you you take some teams for granted, and when you really. <laughs> With the experience I have playing this game for for as many years as I did, if I could go back and do it over again, those are some of the little subtle things I would do was make sure the team I'm on at the time, we don't take things for granted because I've been on teams and we do. And and it's not it's not like we did it. You know, I use this all the time on the show, did it in an arrogant manner. It's just part of part of life, and and when you're rolling and you're playing well, you tend to tend to take things for granted because, you know, we go into this series. Of course, we win these series. We sweep the last place team, but you don't, and I, that's why I, I'm, I'm on this side of the ledger now of these playoffs, and, and why I think the playoffs are so good because they're less predictable than they've ever been. You can you look at for a while, changed everything. Yeah, and I, and I think. You know, the, the teams, the teams that have to worry and be careful now are usually the best teams, the Dodgers who are going to clinch early, the Atlanta Braves who clinch early. Uh, I don't think Baltimore has to worry about it because they're so young and hungry. They don't know any better. This is their first time in this postseason atmosphere, so they don't have to worry about it. But the teams that just kind of coast and are the t- it, if you coast, what does that mean? That means what you're one of the best teams in baseball because you've won so much. But you got to be careful in today's day and age with all these unbelievable finishes to not take it for granted because you won so much, because you won 100 games. Oh, we're good. We know we're good. Well, these other teams are fighting to the wire, so they're already in playoff mode when they get to you. So do you remember the do you remember the movie Patton? you seen the movie yes. Patton? Yes. One of my favorite movies of all time. In there, there's a lesson that I've taken from that movie that's about hubris. Hubris gets us all. When we think we're just too big and we think we're invincible and we start taking everything for granted, um, those are the ones that I wonder about. Uh, the teams that have to, to, fly, to fight and, and claw and scratch are the ones, like the Phillies last year, that made it all the way through. So I think whoever comes out of this American League West is going to be so battle-hardened I don't want to play them in the first round. I don't want to play them in the playoffs. If I'm if I'm Bruce Bochy's Texas Rangers, who saw frontline pitchers go down, they go on a bad losing streak, and all of a sudden they're able to overcome all of that. I don't want to play them. Those guys, those guys are battle hardened, and nothing's going to phase them. Exactly, and and uh, that's what makes the game today in 2023. Uh, it's much easier. It's much easier to get to the playoffs but it's much harder to get through the playoffs because there are so many 
rounds. There are so many challenges throughout. You catch a hot team at the wrong time. Uh, and, and this is the other day it was on sports classics. And anytime something from my childhood comes up, as we all probably do, we tune in for a bit. It was dad in the 1980 World Series. Oh, yeah, was, I saw that. It was the playoffs. It was the Houston Astros. And I remember as a kid watching that and how awesome that playoff was. But then I thought back to it. It's 1980. The Phillies play 162 games. They win the division. Back then, it was the East and the West. So when you get to the postseason, you've got one set of playoffs. And it was the Philadelphia Phillies against the Houston Astros. You win that series, you go to the World Series. So it that's what I'm five. It was best of five. Right. And that's why I'm saying back in the day, the 162 was so important because you had to prove that you deserve to go to the postseason. Because unlike today, where 12 teams go, Back then, four teams went to the postseason. Two from, okay. or uh, see what I'm saying? So you had right. one, you had one playoff, and now you go to the World Series. And then the next thing you know, you had this unbelievable playoff series with the Astros. They go on to Kansas City. Nowadays, starting with that three three game uh, first round, there's four rounds to win the World Series. That's that's a right. lot, a lot of landmines to uh, to to maneuver through. Okay, so take me back to this, and we'll stay in the American League before I let you drag me over to the National League. How important is it for the Mariners, the Rangers, the Astros to win that division and avoid having to go to Minnesota or Tampa Bay and have to play all three of their wild card games on the road? Of course, it's huge. It's huge. Home field advantage obviously is a huge thing. Uh, but in the three game series is what I'm talking about. Right. And, and that's another series that you don't have to worry about. Anytime you get a buy or you don't have to play around, there's no chance of you losing. So of course that's, let me, let me put it this way. Just to get a seat at the table, this part of the season, when you don't have a seat at the table, beggars can't be choosers, but now you control your own destiny. You got 10 games. I'm not thinking just get in. I'm thinking, win this division now. Now, you may be put in a position six days from now, whoever you may be, Houston, Texas, Seattle, where you'll say, okay, I just want to get in. I don't care about the division anymore. But right now, no, I'm, I'm, I'm greedy as a player. I want the division. Now, you put to the last game. I want to avoid having to play on the road. Correct. Now, you, you get me down to the last two games of the season, and I've got to win two, and, and I'm, lo I'm scoreboard watching because Houston's got to lose one out of two. Now I'll just – I'm begging. Beggars can't be – just get me into the postseason, please. <laughs> Do you stand and watch the scoreboard during the game? You're standing there at second base. Do you look up to see what the scoreboard is at the other game? Without a doubt. Sure they do. Players do all the time. Pitching change. What do we got going in between pitches? Are, are we winning this game? Well, we're going to win tonight, but we know Houston's got to lose. I'm checking that scoreboard, and everybody's checking that scoreboard uh, throughout the game. So, yeah, without a doubt, you should really watch. We, we talked about this in an early, one of the early podcasts that we did. The players do watch the scoreboard. You look to see if the the hot to what's going on with the hot dog race, the dot race. You guys watch the in game entertainment in between innings. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay, we stay in the American League before we go over to the National League because I got a, I got a very important question to ask you about the National League. But before we get there, I want to do this. I've got the manager of the Mariners is Scott Service. Rangers Bruce Bochy. 
Astros. Dusty. Yeah. You always say that I'm not sure how much a manager is worth wins and losses each season. Mm-hmm. But I want to know how a manager can affect a team at this point of the season. I've got, I've got two managers that have done it before and have World Series rings. I've got, I've got Scott, who's led the uh, the ball club uh, in Seattle. How much, how much influence do they have over the ball club right now, making sure that everybody stays focused, they don't get ahead of themselves, they don't get too anxious, that they have everything in the right perspective. Well, I think Bruce is the obvious choice for for somebody to look to at the top uh, from a player's perspective. Uh, right now, the least effective and one of my favorites is probably Dusty because that team, the Houston Astros at this stage of the game and what they've been through the last six or seven years, that group of players, uh, it's kind of on autopilot. They know what to do. Dusty has to, doesn't have to tell them. Uh, you, don't, you, don't want Dusty, you don't want Dusty changing everything because then it'll it'll throw off the rhythm, right? But Dusty's not going to change everything. He, <laughs> he knows that. But those players self-monitor. They run that show. They run that club. Veteran club. That's a veteran club that's been there, right done that. They've been there. They've been there, done that. Uh, you look at a Bruce Bochy, Texas Rangers haven't been in that conversation for a long time. Now, you've got some players on that team that have had postseason experience elsewhere, but not in Texas. So Boach is going to be a key role in these last 10 games down the stretch. Now, is he going to be the big difference maker that we talk about in the managerial side of things? No, but he's there. The Mariners, they've been close. Two years ago, they won 90 games, just missed getting a postseason bid. A year ago, they won 90 games, got into the postseason. They played the they, they played the Houston Astros. They had Verlander down in game one, seven to nothing in the third inning and lost the game, ended up getting swept and uh, eliminated. I think if they beat Verlander, when you got them down, when you get their number one down 7-0 in the first game, you got to step on them. I think that series would have been would have, would have been different if they would have won that game, but we'll never know because they didn't. They ended up getting swept. Uh, this year, they've done a lot better against Houston. Houston's been a nemesis for the Seattle Mariners. In, in as far as I can remember back, this year, I believe Seattle has won the series this year versus Houston. That's huge, just from a psychological standpoint. Houston, I don't think, is quite as good as they've been. And I look, yeah, you get your, your, your kind of your captain back from the Mets with that debacle that went bad this year. So you get Verlander back to Houston at the trade deadline. But I don't think he's the Verlander that we're used to seeing. He's still a formidable uh, formidable opponent, but he's not the dominant Verlander that we've seen, you know, for the better part of the last 10, 15 years. But does Scott change things or does Scott just well, the, be- the best man- The best managers I've played for don't change things. You get to the postseason. It isn't after raw, raw right now. With believe, believe me, believe me. No, and I and I see Scott, and, and I've never played for Scott. I never played with Scott, but I see. I, I keep a closer eye on the Seattle Mariners, and I see Scott. He's he's one of the guys in that clubhouse. He he's he seems to be now without being there and knowing for sure. He seems to be a player's manager, hanging out with the guys doing the activities with the guys, dressing up on road trips with the guys. I see clips here and there. So Scott seems to be one with them. Now he's getting them ready. 
these guys know they've been there. They were there a year ago. They were in the postseason, so this isn't their first rodeo. They know what they've got to do. They've got some veteran guys on that team, a lot of young guys, a lot of young talent, but there's a few guys that have been there, done that. So uh, all these teams are battle-hardened. They're ready to go. Uh and it's gonna. That's why it's gonna be such a such a cool finish in it. All right, let me jump over to the National League then. Uh, here's why I was waiting an hour to get later. There. An hour later. Here's why I was waiting to get there. You have the distinction of playing for the Mariners in what 116 games. Ran away with the division, right? Yep. Braves ran away with the division. Dodgers yeah. ran away with the division. Right. But the trend that we're seeing now is teams that have to fight till the very bitter end come in. Pete, they're ready to go. Teams that it used to be, hey, let's win this division early. We'll get some guys off their feet. We'll get them some rest. But it seems like that might not necessarily be the best way to go into the playoffs. Having rested your players, you kind of lose that edge. You lose that sharpness. You kind of lollygag around the last week of the season. Um, talk to me about the Braves and the Dodgers and what advice you would give them as a guy who played on a team that ran away with this division and then didn't finish the job. Well, I think this Braves team uh, are a few years away from winning a World Series, so they don't need any advice. The, the players there, uh, they know what well, it I guess, takes. I guess, I guess what I'm talking about, not, not advice that you would give them as Brett Boone, but just – Right, things I've seen. No one's after running away with it. Right. It, well, it just goes back to what we were talking about. It, it's um, don't take teams for granted. I think the Dodgers a year ago, when they won 111 games, got eliminated by an 89 win Padres team. They've learned their lesson, and they're one, running away with the division this year. I believe they're they're up on the Arizona Diamondbacks, 13 games in the division. Right. Uh, so it's been a cakewalk for them. By the way, that Dodgers team's really good. I haven't watched them that much this year because there's been so many other stories in baseball, and the Dodgers are kind of just doing what the Dodgers do. And I look at the the personnel and the comings and the goings of the Dodgers, and I just thought they're not as good as they were last year or, or how they – but I'll tell you, they went to Seattle, played a three-game series. Uh, I was up there for one of the games. This team's really good, really good. And arms coming out of the bullpen I've never heard of, but nasty. So they're going to be a formidable opponent. And I think what happened to them a year ago, by winning the 111 games, everybody talking about, yes, they were the clear-cut best team in baseball, got eliminated so early, they're not going to let that happen again this year in the first round. So they're very aware of whatever they did last year. Uh, they're going to be really careful to to avoid that uh, in, in 23. Yeah, I mean, that that – Dodger team that everybody was was poised and they kept asking, hey, Brett, will they beat break 116, 116? You know, no. And then when you get there, the 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 Padres scratched and clawed to get in there, and all of a sudden the Dodgers found themselves walking into a fight. It was, it was like Rocky. It's like walking in as Clubber Lang and Rocky won. All of a sudden, you know, this Palooka you're supposed to beat just knocked you out. Yep. The, uh, the the National League, the, the wild card is is a completely different race. I mean, in in the National League, I see uh, Atlanta's obviously in, the Dodgers are in, Milwaukee's in. And for Milwaukee, argument... Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's not there yet, but they're getting right, close. Right, right. Josh, well, Josh Donaldson's actually adding and helping that team right now. 
Right, but I'm gonna I'm just for argument's sake on right. my on my podcast, <laughs> I'm gonna put Milwaukee this in. This and I'm gonna podcast. and I'm gonna put the Philadelphia Phillies in just for argument's sake. So well, they're, they're gonna, up four going into the with two weeks to go or uh, right. what I got right. a week to go, yeah. I'm gonna put them in for argument's sake. And then so you basically got a fight between five teams for the wild card. Much different scenario in the national league. But the difference to me, and we, we talked about those four teams in the American League. One of them is not going to have a spot. I think all four of those teams are formidable teams that can win the pennant. I look at the National League and the five teams vying for two spots, and I'll talk about them right now. Arizona, Chicago Cubs, Miami, Cincinnati Reds, and the San Francisco Giants. Five teams vying for two spots. I don't know who's going to win it. For my money right now, I'm going to say Arizona and Chicago. But the difference in the National League and the American League this year, Rich, is those five teams, I don't see any of those teams winning the pennant in the National League. So to me, it's all for naught. Now, I've been wrong a lot. I may be wrong again when the Cubs are, are hoisting the National League National League championship belt. I know it's not a belt, but I like it. Once again, this is my show. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see the Miami Marlins going deep into the postseason. I don't see the Diamondbacks or the Cubs or San Francisco. San Francisco is the only interesting one, but they're the furthest out, three. Because of Webb and Cobb, that could be a one-two punch. That could be dangerous in the postseason. But they're three games out. They've got to leapfrog two teams just to get, have a wild card spot. I don't see those teams going deep. The ones that are atop the division, Atlanta, Dodgers, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia, with the exception maybe of Milwaukee, I see the other three teams. One of those is going to be the pennant winner in the National League. So long story short, National League, I think there's only three or four teams that could win. In the American League, it's wide open for that pennant. All right, let's get to what Boone's watching. What are you watching right now, Brett Boone? Sharp, sharper things, sharp objects. Uh, I forgot. I forgot. It's um, it's on Netflix. I got to do a better job of being prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah. Sharper, sharper what? Sharper things. That doesn't sound like a very big bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, here it is. Here it is. It's Sharp Objects. Okay, it's not on Netflix. For those out in the listening on, it's on Hulu. But if you don't have the Hulu app, you can go to HBO Plus or HBO Max, I believe. Sharp Objects. It's good. It's another thriller. I'm on. I just finished episode two. It takes me about three quarter of an episode before I decide whether I'm in or I'm out. I'm either uh, and I'll either shut it off or I'm back in. Uh, I'm back in three quarters of the way through. It had me well enough. It's one of those murder mysteries. Uh, Ex cop goes back. Uh, I'm sorry. Newspaper reporter gets sent from the big city to her old small town where she grew up. She's a drunk. She thinks that nobody knows that she's a drunk. She's she's trying to figure this out. She's got it's one of those who did it things. And you're trying you're trying to sit there and go, all right, is it the chief of police? Is it this guy? Is it that guy? Is it this guy? No, that's too obvious. They wouldn't make it that easy for you. It was based off a book. It's pretty good. That's that's what I suggest for for this week with Boone. But nothing over the top exciting. 
What was the one that you were watching where the guy got phone calls in the middle of the night? Night watcher. He worked. He worked in. He worked for the government. Yeah, I think it's night watcher. Okay, somebody asked me about that the other day. I it, never finished. Really it. I gotta go one. back and watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever watch Jack Reacher? I think I did. Rich, I'm getting to the point where, yeah, we, we, we like to review these shows and what's Boone watching. But but I'm kind of bad with names. And I've watched so many shows at this point. I think I have watched Reacher. Is Reacher the one with the big buff dude? Oh, yeah. I've seen all yeah. of them. I've seen okay. all of them. They're good. They're, they're not. I wouldn't suggest those in my A role. Those are my kind of B plus, my B plus role. When when the top of the, you know, the top of the the mountain are the are the Ozarks of the world, uh, just quality shows through and through. Uh, Yellowstone, that type is an A plus, great show. Ah, Jack Reacher to me, he, still entertaining. I'll still watch it, but it's in that B plus role. Finally, let's finish this off with I've got one of the best Boone approved ever. You ready? Yeah. Boone approved alternate uniforms. So last weekend, last weekend I went to go watch the Diamondbacks and they're playing, they're wearing their uh, uh, cream colored surf uniforms. Right. You see the Padres, you, you live in San Diego, you see the Padres in the, in the pink and green and, and bright, vibrant right. colors. You see all okay. these alternate uniforms. This weekend, Notre Dame is taking on Ohio State. It'll be the biggest game of the season. They're busting out the green alternate jerseys. Does Brett Boone like the alternate jerseys? So this is, does Brett Boone like them? Brett Boone the player? Boone, Brett, Boone the, Brett Boone the fan? Boone approved. Brett Boone the player? Brett, Bo Brett Boone the player? Brett Boone the fan? Uh, player, you're going to say yes because you get a free jersey. No. Uh, so we'll uh, what do I care? What do I care about a free jersey, Rich? What have I taught you? If I've taught you nothing else, professional athletes are very fickle. They like what they wear. They like how they wear it. They like not to be told how or what to wear. We are superstitious. We like our white homes. We like our road blues, our road grays. We don't like these alternate jerseys. We don't like them. I don't like them. Back in my day, we, oh, Sunday, we're going to wear the blues. No, I don't like the blues. I don't get hits in the blues. I'm not wearing them. Uh, so as players, no, we don't like the alternate jerseys. From a fan's perspective, I love them, and I think it's marketing genius because it, no matter how many different uniforms you have in the players today, they have so many different uniforms. Every time when the game ends, they sign it, they market them off. They make a ton of money on the side, and especially when you come up with an alternate jersey that the fans really like, like that standout one. Now it becomes, you know, hey, can I get one of those jerseys? And they make a zillion dollars online. So from a fan's perspective, uh, from an organization perspective, uh, entertainment value, I love the alternative jersey. From a player's value, and I probably speak for most players, we don't like change. We like the home the home whites and the road grays. There you go. So Boone so, as a player, absolutely not approved. Boone as a 54-year-old father and fan and just overall good guy with great hair. Boone approved. I like it. So one more time, just a shout out 
to the commanding officer of the Blue Angels, I would like to get Brett up in the Blue Angels back seat with his hair on fire. Uh, that would be wonderful. So uh, to the Blue Angels, we'd love to see that happen. Love to do it. Love to do it. We'll get you. We'll get you one of those cameras you wear in your head and watch you throw up with the Blue oh, Angels. I'm all, I'm all in. Give, yeah, Blue Angels. I'll do whatever they want me to do. I put cameras anywhere. But you guarantee you're not going to get sick. Well, I say that just so they'll say, well, let's go on a ride. That's how you get invited, Rich. All right, I, on, I can't give you all my tricks. I like it. All right, that's it for uh, this week. Uh, turning to it, Bunny, who do you got coming up on the show this week? We've got, we just had uh, Larry Stone. Uh, yesterday we put out, a, it, it was really a lot of fun. A guy that's been with the, he's retiring this offseason in November. Uh, Seattle sports for the better part of the last 30 years. One of my favorite guys on the beat. It just kind of gave us the ins, ins and outs of being a beat writer and what it's like and and kind of gave us his perspective on this Mariners team and, and the American League. Uh, next up is a, a ex-teammate of mine, now color commentator with the Philadelphia Phillies, Ben Davis. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys, Rich. He's He was a great teammate. He's got a lot of great stories, and he's going to kind of catch us up on the, on the Phillies. Uh, what they're doing and, and that national league that he watches on a daily basis. So those will be our next two. Uh, then we're going to have Bob Nightingale coming up, Mark DeRosa uh, from MLB network. And uh, so we, we've got a few in the, in the coffer and we'll keep them rolling. There you go. All right, Booney, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next week. I'm turning to it, Booney.